Warning. 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 Trigger alert. She about to say some real shit. <laughs> hey, Brad. Hi. How you doing, honey? Uh, I'm good. You're good? Working hard? I am working hardly, very hard. Hardly working? For once, I guess. <laughs> um, I thought that when I would close the store that I would really be like slowing down and like I'd be chilling out, I'd be watching shows oh, yeah. and thought... I'd be like on like on like a tight budget because but ugh, we are busy, busy, busy. Oh yeah. I could have told you that. And I'm excited because I'm working on some new brands with some new people. Well, they're not new. They're, they've are they been alive for a while. But, uh, <laughs> they're not babies? You're but not they're new to me, new to me. <laughs> and um, and uh, I, it's in the works. We'll talk about it more another time. But it's all about female empowerment. Dude. And, uh, dude, you know, say, say dude, when dude, you say that. yeah, dude. That's the first word that comes to mind when you, when you yes, say female my guy. empowerment. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Speaking of female empowerment, today's guest. Oh, yeah. She's very empowered. She, <laughs> I mean, these chicks were... Like the real deal, oh, Holyfield. Yeah. Oh yeah. And when when I was coming up, back in the day, hanging out on Avenue A, I was like, "Damn, these chicks are tough." Oh, for real. And every single one of them. Every single one of them. This is like they're... badass, hot, <laughs> nice, and cool, approachable. They were the shit. But they also you wouldn't mess with them too. I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't. <laughs> I, no, I, I wasn't messing with them. They definitely like we had to be on the same crew. Well, we had to be in the same same team, same team. Those bitches were big too. <laughs> Woo! Um, we have Theo from the Lunatics, yeah, and Theo and the Skyscrapers, and armor makeup, and she's a makeup right. artist, model, mother, and just general badass bitch around town. <laughs> Theo Kogan. I mean, she's really miss. She was really miss downtown for a while there. She and it's and to think that she's from Brooklyn. Hey, hey. And I just always thought she was just a Manhattan girl, All right? Because who could be so punk from Brooklyn? But apparently, they're all they're all from Brooklyn. That's now, really maybe. The, well, yeah. <laughs> but even then, kind of Brooklyn's always been super tough. Yeah, Brooklyn's been a breeding ground for some, some tough some stuff. Some tough stuff. <laughs> My dad's from Brooklyn. There you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a good app for sure. Yeah. yeah. So let's jump right in and get down with Theo. <laughs> Today we're interviewing... Um, a fabulous and a fierce a female. 
<laughs> um, somebody who, when I started going out downtown, was sort of the queen. The downtown queen of Avenue A. <laughs> Wouldn't you say? I know. I, I mean, you kind of you. Um, And uh, without further ado, I bring you Theo Kogan. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so you're a re- you're a born and re- like bred New York City girl. I was actually born in Ecuador. Oddly, oh, well, maybe not. But. After six months, we came back. So, what? How were you? You don't look Ecuadorian. I am not Ecuadorian. <laughs> my, <laughs> my parents were both raised here. They're um, Russian Jew and non-Jew, Ukrainian, mishmash, Polish, all that stuff. Oh, I didn't know you were a Jew. Oh yeah, I'm oh, half a Jew. So the Jews, yeah. you know, my dad is a Jew. My mother's not a Jew. I feel like a Jew. The Jews don't think I'm a Jew, but right. I'm a Jew. You're a Jew. So. Um, <laughs> They went to Ecuador because my dad was a musician, Mm -hmm. and he got a grant to play in Ecuador. So they went, and they lived there for, I don't know, a few years. They had me, and then they were like, oh, this isn't so easy. Let's uh, come back to our family. And then we moved back into my grandma's house. So So where in Brooklyn? um, What's now called, it's like right near Brooklyn College. I don't know what they call it now, if it's Ditmas Park or if it has some other name. But yeah. And... Do you, and you live in Brooklyn now, too. Yep, I've always lived in Brooklyn. I've never lived in the city. You never lived never. at, I figured you never. were like, like everybody uh, lived in the really? East Village because it was so everybody damn. Everybody thought I did. Right. You're so cool. <laughs> I know. She's what made you Brooklyn cool. That's were. what made everybody move to Brooklyn. <laughs> I'm the queen of Brooklyn. The original hipster. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, everyone thought I lived in the East Village because I was always there. Yeah, but, because where else was there to go? Right. <laughs> But I never did live there, and I loved not living there because I was like, I want to be able to like go out and do my laundry or and like not be wearing a full face of drag makeup in yes. life and not have to like run into somebody from nightlife stop or whatever. Like, well, hey, you're a lunatic, yeah, you know? And the stop and chat, yeah. In the East Village. Was <laughs> oh my just, god, it's like yeah. 15 minutes add totally. on to anywhere you had to go, which is beautiful, but. It doesn't it's, exist anymore, it does though. Not, you can right? walk around and nobody knows nobody you. Nobody know you don't know anyone. <laughs> you don't know where you are. <laughs> What's this new thing? Um, so your dad was a musician. Mm-hmm. So you you grew up as a musical child. I did. I did. What? What were, did he play? He played cello, oh, and he cool. also was a conductor. That did like minor. He conducted the Staten Island Symphony. Very fresh. Oh, that's and cool. um, and another one in Westchester later on. And for a minute, he was like doing both. But for a while, he was at home. He was like a stay-at-home dad at first, and he taught music classes at home to me and my like you know to a bunch of kids. And um, and my mom used to sing opera for a little while too, sort of for on the side. So there was a lot of music around, a lot. So were you playing instruments or were you mainly singing? I, would, like? I played with the piano and then later I played the flute and I was pretty, kind of serious about it, but it was a little frustrating. And then it's hard to blow the flute. It's like yeah. I, I remember I really wanted to play the flute and I couldn't do that. Yeah, it's I mean, that I actually I could do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 that sounds just like you. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. So, but I also did ballet. Like, I was, like, very arty, a Jewy, arty family. Lots of arts. 
and the and Jews love art. the arts. Yeah. They do. <laughs> they really do. They want to enrich their children yes. in in the arts. It's very important, especially to like the early immigrants. I think for it was sure, like uh, you had to. Well, I think they like the Jews were so involved in the arts in Europe, and then they like left. And then when they came here, they're like, God damn it, we're yeah. going to sing. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to dance yep. and we are going to play saxophone or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's very, like, important True. within the culture. I agree. Um, so when did you know you were going to focus on music? I didn't really know. I I had so many artistic interests that when it came down to like, you know, picking a high school in the city, I was, you know, I wanted to go to music and art, which is now LaGuardia Correct. with um, performing arts. And I was like, do I try out for flute? Do I try out for dance? Do I try out for art? I decided to try out for art. I got in for art. So I went for visual art. Right. And during that time in high school was when the band started. So I'm a child star. So you are you are a child star because you you started the I the Luna Chicks was your first band. Mm-hmm. There was no band before nope. that. Nope. Why? Nope. And that was all about like just me going like mm. there was like already you know two of Sid and Gina. One had a bass, one had a guitar, and I was like Ugh, drums. No, that's a lot of stuff, a lot of lugging, a lot of. And I was like, I'll be the singer. Like, literally, that's how it happened. So you were like, you're good, you're good, let's go. Yeah, I don't want to, you know, drag a drum set around. So what happened then? You guys would go to someone's basement and perform with no drummer? Like, how do, how does a band form? Um, well, we had another friend who had a guitar, so we are like, you'll be rhythm guitar. That was Cindy. Gina was lead guitar. We started, like, playing in each other's, you know, bedrooms. Mm-hmm. And then my boyfriend at the time was a singer in a metal band, but also played drums. So we were like, come play drums with us because we're trying to start this band, even though we don't know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> and then we went to some rehearsal studios, which we got terribly mocked at. <laughs> which is funny uh, now. Because, because rehearsal studios are generally run by such winners. Oh, yeah. It's totally like, of their shit And also, so like, all totally. these, like, young girls coming in, how dare they think uh, they oh can have God. a band? Well, and we like, were in the terrible. 80s. In the 80s. Oh, we were so bad. Job. We didn't know what we were doing. So, And then they put us in, like, the studio closest to, like, where you would come in and, you know, the desk. Mm-hmm. And so then there was one point where we were walking down. It was, like, West 14th Street. And people were like, Studio A! Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh man, we're just trying to start a band. <laughs> Come on. So, when did things change and you were like, oh, actually, we're good? Well, like, I how does it, that happen? And you start like gigging? Like, how, how does a band form? Well, for us, we had so many friends in bands, and that was kind of why we started because we were like, it was, you know, that thing of like, oh, if they could do it, we could do it. You know, we like good music, like, we could figure this out. It was just about confidence. And I think that's like anything you do. It's kind of like, I can do this, right? Right. And it took a while before I think we felt like we were good. You know, it's it took a long while, I think, till we honed our sound and felt like, oh, we really we've got this now, you know. But at the in the beginning, and I didn't it literally didn't hit me till like not even that long ago that we played like three shows and were discovered. You know? Right. (laughs) Were you still in high school? We were, I think we played our first show when we were out of high school, 
just, right. like the next year. Where and was it? it was at this place that's actually pretty close by to here. It was a like a dance studio right near Canal on Broadway. And it was like underground. Mm-hmm. And we played with, it was our friends, the Freaks and Raging Slab, who you may remember. I do remember. And a bunch <laughs> of other bands. And there were like shit ton of people there. So it was like terrifying. But that was our first show. Then we played, we went and did like a CB's like tryout night and did really well. We invited everybody we knew and everybody showed up. And then I feel like the show where we were quote unquote discovered was at the Limelight in the chapel when they used to have these shows there. And um, at that show, uh, Kim and Thurston came. We didn't even know them or who they were, like nothing. And they showed up. And saw us, and they were, like, hunting, I guess, for a female band to produce. Okay. And they contacted their British label, Blast First. And then, you know, unbeknownst to us, nobody talked to us that night. We just did our show. And then this English guy called up Sid at her parents' house in the middle of the night and started, sign, make a record. So it, it was very sort of, like, instantaneous it didn't feel that way then but when i think about it i'm like that was fast so do you think you're yeah Yeah, it's wild it doesn't happen that way no (laughs) but did you say to yourself like i want to be in an all-female band because it's an important nope it just it was never like that and until we had to figure out to get a real drummer because my boyfriend could had to sing in his band it was like it was really just because we were friends, you right. know, and we never thought of it that way. We were just like, we're all friends. Let's do this because we're friends. Right. And then once we were like, oh, we're all f- girls. I guess we should get a girl drummer. That's pretty cool. We loved the Runaways. You know, there were so many. We loved the Slits. There were so many bands. There were female bands here. There were so many bands. I saw. The, yeah, <laughs> there, I, I mean, <laughs> so many. We saw <laughs> I, like a million all girl oh my God. like hard rock bands. Yeah, no, there yeah, were mass. not. There were though. I mean, I there mean, weren't there were a million, a but they, they were, were around. Like, okay, they were around, but there were not. There were not was, tons. There were not tons. But um, yeah, that's when we were like, oh yeah, this is it's powerful if we're all women. You know, but it was definitely an afterthought, which is funny in a way. Um, and that's when you changed the name from Luna People? <laughs> the Luna <laughs> Dick. <laughs> Luna folks. <laughs> um, but then you had to, like, figure out very quickly that this was um, sort of a novel idea. Yeah. Even though there were other... Mm-hmm. Women doing it, yeah. it wasn't a commonplace, no. especially for it to be all female, including yeah. the drummer. Yep. Because yep. a lot of times, a lot of bands are like, well, you know, yeah. we're just joking. We have a guy drummer. <laughs> <laughs> keep him in the back. No. You can't see him. Put <laughs> <laughs> a wig on it. <laughs> Give him a wig. Um, and then from there, you were like up and running record deal tours. What did you think about touring? It was so exciting. I mean, it was our first tour. Well, we booked our own first tour with the help of Jennifer Finch from L7. Booked us shows in California when we just were like, I was planning to go out there for like my 19th birthday. 
And then the band was like, oh, we're going to come too and let's play some shows. And I was like, God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) But it was great. And we went and played shows. And then we recorded with Kim and Thurston. Didn't work out because we were so bad that they thought we were trying to be a noise band. But to us, we were trying to be like a rock band or a Kiss or the, the Stooges. Right. right, and so artistically, it didn't right, work they call out. that scum, scum. Yeah, then it became scum rock a little scum later. Scum rock. There were so <laughs> many labels. It's like any label that came around is like we were, we were but this, why, we were that. Why do you think that people have the need to categorize music so freaking specifically, and that um, it can't just be music? It's so. I like, think it's like that with everything, though, because you think about even with gender. It's like people are so confused if you're like, I'm fluid. Right. You know, oh, is it a guy? Is it a girl? Is it punk? Is it metal? Is it rock? Is it people like to have things in a lane that they can understand and put like a box around or, you know, sort of wrap their head around a category. But with us, it was always so many things and we were funny and we dressed up and, you know, it was like we were taking from every, you know, influence that we had around in front of us around because us because that was sort of 90s 90s and you can attest and even to this 80s too, too right right but like but sort of the 80s 90s new york city um post punk it wasn't fucking called grunge because we lived in it yeah, and it was we weren't pre grunge <laughs> it was just um it was just new punk rock and as far as i was concerned and it seemed like it didn't – it couldn't live because it wasn't – didn't have that perfect label there. Well, there wasn't – yeah, there wasn't scenes like there was elsewhere. And I think that's why it was tough for – like I remember somebody telling me, you know, labels don't – the labels never shop in their own backyard. Mm. Right. They want to fly out. They yeah, want to go on vacation they for wouldn't three days. They anybody out of New York in the late 80s and early 90s. And then um, – but also there was no, you know, I mean, there was not really a scene. I mean, it was like, it was kind of like what you're saying, like anything goes. You put together a band and you, you pull all your, whereas I feel like in other parts of the country and definitely like, you know, in other genres, like in the hardcore scene, it was very specific, your look, your sound. But there are all these bands like you guys, I mean, even D-Gen, where the fuck did they come from? You know what I mean? Totally. Well, that was like, and there was like, you know, there were pockets of different things in the sort of underground, like sub sub scenes to right. the, the big scene. And we played within all of those. Right. Yeah. So it was like, we played with D-Gen, we played with this crazy band, The Sheiks, we played with Raging Slab, we were, play, you know, D-Gen came from The Freaks, Howie Pyro is like one of our oldest friends. Um, right. And God, I love that man. And... um <laughs> So, yeah, there were all these, like, you know, and then you'd end up playing in some weird loft in the middle of, like, Bushwick, you know, with with some band at a house party. You know, there were just, like, weird things that happened that probably happen now out in Bushwick. That, sure. You know, but... um yeah, I don't. It, it was a, it was an interesting time. It was. I mean, it was definitely <laughs> an advantage for you. To yeah, be able to plug into all those different scenes. You know, but yeah, labels were terrified of us because they couldn't figure us out. Right. They couldn't put it in, and it was like, what are you gonna like bring us in and tell us to wear something sexy? Like we would have laughed in somebody's face. You know <laughs> what I mean? We'd be like, sure. are you fucking kidding? So, um, so it all makes sense in a way, but it also was frustrating because it was like, why? 
why are some bands acceptable and they're funny and they do this, that, the other, similar to what we do, yet we're, like, untouchable. And labels be like, oh, we love you guys so much, you know, but, like, right. not with a 10-foot pole, that yeah. kind of thing. Right, right, right. So Put your fucking, no like, cajones. Yeah. <laughs> Put your fucking, um, like, money where your mouth is. Right. But then, we, you know, we found our way on smaller labels and, you know, got our music out there and did our thing, sort of, um relentlessly and did you find sort of like the touring lifestyle difficult fun like i went on i went on a two-day tour with you believe it or not in the 90s with you and the goops when was that in a van we went somewhere to like pennsylvania and new jersey and i was like this fucking sucks (laughs) (laughs) i was like this sucks like (laughs) Well, it does suck if you're not in the band. It always it does Oh, suck. is that what it is? I, don't, I thought I was just like, oh, no reward, let's, like, let's like drag all this shit inside yeah. and let's bring this. And then I really got to do sound check. Oh, the guy's not here. Let's sit and wait. Yeah. Yep. Well, maybe we can get something to eat. Oh, let's go to this hotel mm-hmm. and chill out. Oh, we got to go back to the place. The yeah. guy's there. Like, yeah. it just seemed so sort of difficult mm-hmm. and. Um, laborious you're doing your actual labor yeah um i think i was like you know pretend pretending to wrote roadie for right. you um, <laughs> maybe you were mercy. but i was just there for like free food and like fun <laughs> like i was like oh we're gonna go wild out like and i was just like god this fucking sucks yeah it's it's it was all of the above it was fun it was boring it was frustrating it was annoying it was you know depressing it was like the best time of my life it was everything right I mean, honestly and and those you know, when you have to, it's so much hurry up and wait. It's showbiz, you know, it, it is. It's like, get there, load in. And, you know, often we didn't have roadies, so we were just dragging it all in ourselves and out and upstairs and, you know, all that shit. We were used to it. And did you find that people were, like, really into it outside of New York? They were, like, craving. Some, yeah. Yeah. Did you find that people were not into it? I mean, it depends on when and where. Like when right, like in Austin, they love you, but they don't love you in Dallas or something right. like that, right? Like <laughs> some shit like they're that. They're less right? in Dallas. Right, yeah, right, right. Dallas is definitely more sort of, uh, I don't know, uptight. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's oh, whenever I go to Dallas, I'm like, there is fucking nothing going on. It's here. weird like, there. What the fuck. Yeah. Where's it's like the very, action at? Like you know, it's definitely Dallas. more like <laughs> yeah. It's, more red. Oh, I like that place. <laughs> yeah, it's just so weird. Sorry, Sorry. We food, love you, though. Texas. They have good food. They do have good food. Yeah, Houston is like popping. Austin's popping. Yeah. You know, San Antonio's popping. Mm-hmm. But like Fort Worth, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that'll get Dallas pissed. Ah, <laughs> Twin Cities, Twin Cities. Um, Five O, shout out. <laughs> so when you would go on tour as a group of women, did you guys always like feel like safe? Well, I mean, we had each other. Right. So it was like if someone messed with us, it was like, you know, it was like Posse it was kind of like being a, a gang. Yeah, right. it was like, you know, attack, full attack. It did, we didn't get messed with a lot. We did at times, you mm-hmm. know, um but I never really felt unsafe, no. And maybe that's part of, like, youth and just being a badass from here. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I I learned to watch my back at, like, you know, 12 sure. from riding the trains and shit. So Your family's from Russia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Turn around, Theo. Yeah. Someone's yeah. looking like at you. like eyes yeah. in the back of my head <laughs> totally. and ready to fucking strike. So, 
Um, but yeah, there were times when it was, you know. We, I mean, can you imagine being on tour now with like no cell phone, like oh my in God. a fucking van, like in the middle of nowhere, like the fucking, the car breaks down, like. Oh, God. And the, like people actually used to like <laughs> figure it out. We broke down <laughs> once. We broke down like next to, I think we had to change a tire in the pitch black in like the middle of the night next to a cornfield and I literally have never been more afraid. I've been much felt much safer walking in the subway at four right. o'clock in the morning than like I'm like children of the corn we're I gonna know. die <laughs> you know like, yes! totally gonna die <laughs> like a swarm of locusts would like yes! come out and like Terrifying. eat <laughs> yeah no <laughs> don't bring a city girl to a, to oh a cornfield my God. that sounds horrible <laughs> <laughs> it really does you're like no don't bring a city girl to a corn <laughs> write that down <laughs> yeah truthfully um so after you know 15 years together guys taking the uh, hiatus why we took a break um because and, and, and at the end were you like touring as like we had been touring like from like I would say, I mean, I feel like we toured hardcore like through the 90s. And then at year 2000, we were like, okay, this is like not going as where exactly we want it. We're all really tired. We want to do some other things. It's not as cute now because we're not, you know, in our teens and early 20s. Like everybody kind of, or maybe not everybody, but a couple of us wanted to do other things. And so we were like, let's just pause it. We don't want to say we quit because we don't want to be like, no, we're having a reunion, even though that's what it would look like anyway. And then we um, all kind of started other things. And then we, pl- we re- you know, played again for a pro-choice rally in D.C. 15 years ago now um, with Joan Jett, and it was amazing. We raised all this money for um, pro-choice America, um, NARAL, and... And then we just, you know, hit pause for some more. But um, we've been working on a book, and there's been um, a documentary's been filming of us for a while. So there's stuff brewing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I also see you have your Instagram up and running. Yeah, and, and, uh, the Insta's and up. that's how you find out all about the Lunatics. Any shows coming up? Um, not that I can say, oh, but it's like it that. is a possible thing that could happen. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm not saying it won't, but I'm not saying it's happening. So after you left the Lunatics, what happened then? And when did Theo and the Skyscrapers? Pretty soon, probably in like 2001, I started writing stuff with Sean, who's now my husband. Who baby I, daddy. Is baby daddy, who's in the Toilet Boys, and we've been together since like 1998. Time to upgrade, honey. We're about to have our... (laughs) (laughs) No way! We're about to have our 15-year married anniversary next week. Um, And so we started writing some stuff together, which was, like, sort of more dreamy, electronic-y, but, like, still heavy. Mm -hmm. I wasn't... And then I had my friends Viva and Jaiko dancing with me and did sort of electronica for a little bit. Annie Viva? Yeah. I love her. I know. They're the two of them. I love them so much. Yeah, Viva's amazing yeah, with her, is. her um, situation. Her abortion. Yeah. What, what's it called? Abortion is amazing? Or it's like, <laughs> but it is, though. <laughs> Fucking shout out to abortion. <laughs> thank, no, thank seriously. God oh, abortion. thank God for abortion. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> 
Same thing. Thank yes. God for abortion. Abortion is amazing. Yes. We love, we love we you. We heart Thank- abortion yeah. and you, Aviva. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, oh, my God. If Annie, wild, wild, yeah. wild. So, um, and then after a little while, I was like, okay, I'm ready to like, because I, I felt very, it, it was like I wasn't ready to have a band again because it just felt, I felt very like, it felt very precious and it felt very scary to like bring people in in that way. And then um, the Toilet in Boys. In what way? In what way? I don't know. It's like felt, too like promissory. Well, she had this band since you were a yeah, kid. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't you know. have any confidence that, you know, I think the great, the most, you know, the biggest stars in the world are not, are convinced that they're, they're faking it. You know what I mean? I feel like everybody's like, they're going to figure me out. They're going to realize that I'm totally full of shit. And mm-hmm. when you have a band, you can get away from that. You, you're like, together, we right, are right. great. You can like lean on someone, yeah. I guess. It, right. I mean, it's not, okay. like, that's a really common, yeah, especially if you were playing since you were kids. Yeah. Like, geez, yeah. You don't have any other reference. Yeah, exactly. So you're like one organism together, right? Like, yeah. You're like form Voltron. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, 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 <laughs> totally. <laughs> and it was, yeah, totally. So after a little while, um, the Toilet Boys, I think, stopped. And then I was sort of ready to do something with humans. And Sean was into it. So then we started the skyscrapers, the own skyscrapers. And the sort of shtick was that everyone had to be like Sean's height or taller. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and it looked really cool. Yeah, you know? <clears throat> But it was interesting being in a, in a band with guys. Oh, yeah. And also your love. <clears throat> and my love, yeah. So were you going on tour? Mm-hmm. And so was that a completely different experience? Oh, my God, yeah. Totally different. So right. different. You're like, I'm not carrying shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did carry like, go stuff. get it, honey. Go get but it, But I would, like, carry in our merch, you know, right. and then people would be like, oh, you're the girlfriend? It was, like, oh. the same shit. I was like, uh, you fucking kidding me? This is still going on? merch girl. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, are you the girlfriend? Are you the, you know, always, always. Oh, my God. It's if so I had insane. a band, I would have, like, the merch table, like, on on the stage, and I'd just be, like, selling t-shirts <laughs> the entire time. I'd be like, are you going to do a solo? Like, yeah. Do a solo. <laughs> Shirts. Like two? <laughs> two? Three? Okay, there's no Going lyrics. Fast. There's no lyrics in any bridge because that's what I that's what I'm selling. Selling, selling. <laughs> ambient, ambient. Two for twenty. <laughs> two for twenty. <laughs> um so you're on tour with your boyfriend, fiance, husband, mm-hmm, baby daddy. Mm-hmm. He's very tall. Right? He's very tall. Very tall. And when did you guys decide, like, hey, maybe we should get married and have a kid and, like, stay home? Because that's <laughs> what happened. Like, sort of not in that order, yeah. right? Yeah. Because was it, like, a conscious decision? Like, let's have a family? Or was it just like, oh, fuck, I'm pregnant? It was, well, at the, when we when the skyscrapers stopped, we, it's so funny. It's like there were so many bands that like would open for Lunatics and then be super famous, like The Offspring. We did a tour with them opening and then they like blew up and they were amazing because they then took us out on a few tours. Well, I mean, it happened to you too, right? You know, guys are fucking. Not as much. Set it off, set it off people. We were opening for everybody. Oh, you were opening yeah, for everybody, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Who did you open for? Well, they, they, we hooked up with those guys right after. Ah. Because we were with Stormy as well. Oh, right. So 
Yeah. My memory no, no, is it's very okay. selective. Trust me. <laughs> you don't even no reason you would even like remember me. But um He yeah, was such like, a fucking great guitar player. Yeah, he was in the goops, yeah. Yeah. And but, he had great he had good outfits. He had like goat pants. <laughs> like furry purple goat pants. You know who made like those? Who? for real? Agatha. Of course, the best. We made it all. The we best. Made it all. We, I, we would bring her like crazy projects, and she would just do it for free. Because oh my god, freaky! So yeah. talented. She's like in the desert now. Yeah. Wow. Is she? Is she still like leather tooling? And she's doing still her doing thing? stuff. Blessings. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, New York custom leather. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I forgot what we were saying. We were talking about you uh, yeah. being in the goops yeah, and how you and, how awesome get you, you and Jimmy Gestapo in here to talk about all the bands that opened for you. That oh yeah, that's one of his pet peeves. I mean, Jesus. You know those guys. Well, the last uh, the <laughs> well, they last... opened up for Madonna. They opened up for like the Beastie Boys that opened up for like Madonna. Right. They're like this fucking bitch is blowing up, and I'm fucking Jimmy Gestapo. Like what the fuck? <laughs> well, like the last the last skyscrapers tour was like ill fated. It was like. We were out there for like half a day, and I remember me and Sean looking at each other and being like, should we just go home? It just felt wrong, and like every bad thing happened. It was like we hit a deer. I cried for like three days. It's Right now it's deer season. Oh, my God. It was like in the night in Texas. We were leaving Austin. It was pitch black. So you're probably going fast. Oh, yeah. Do you know that these deer go into like this like mating frenzy, and they are just like, I am getting fucked. I bet. And like, this car is not stopping me. Like, I'm just going to like. Oh, I mean, I've been. Is that what it is? Yeah, they're like in Uh, like a mating frenzy. Oh. Yeah, and I've been vegetarian and, you know, uh, since I was, like, 15. And so I was, like, a mess for days. Then our van broke down. Then the Minneapolis-St. Paul Bridge collapsed. We were supposed to go there. But our van... And then a promoter got, like, brain cancer. I mean, it was, like, everything that, you know, you fear in a... a, I mean, it could have been worse. We didn't break our legs. But it was, like, somebody was trying to tell you, like... (laughs) It was, like... Stop this tour. (laughs) It was time. And then at the last show we played in New York, guess who opened for us? Lady Gaga. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely time. I'm sick of, and sick of making these people famous. Isn't it weird that Lady Gaga took New York subversive night culture and just like shone a light on it to like the rest of the world? But we're like, oh, that's nothing. That's fucking nothing. Like, she's not so crazy. She's just stealing it from like the pyramid. Like, I mean, I like that she went and ran with it, mm-hmm. and 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 I like that like kids were helped all over the world, sure, feeling less freaky, sure. and you know all that. It's beautiful, but yeah, I mean, a, she used to come to my when I was um, a party promoter and DJ to Rated X the Panty Party. Apparently, she was there all the time, um, and so yeah, so that was sort of the last show. And then there might have been a show after that. I'm not. My brain sort of moves things around now, but um, I just remember walking to load in to the last show and being like, I can't take the smell of this fucking disgusting floor full of beer. Everything smells. I'm tired. This is going... It was here in New York? Yeah. Where venue? I feel like it was like Europa. Okay. That that show was at the Knitting Factory with Gaga, but I feel like there was this other one and maybe it was before or after that that I was, I just like, the you know, I had reached my limit. And I had also started my... Um, 
lip gloss line at that point. So I love was that sort of lip like gloss. That. It tasted so good <laughs> and smelled so good. It was so cute. So I was sort of had like a like, okay, I'm going to move this way. And I was still doing my party also. But you were still receiving like tons of attention. You um, were getting these like modeling gigs yeah, and I'm- like people had never seen like a super hot blonde bombshell with like an armful of like <laughs> tattoos. No, but when people got tattoos back then, you had to be like a badass. Now everyone has them and yeah. it's just so it's like so normalized. Not, yeah. But it was, it, you know, very like shocking. And I remember when you got some of these big campaigns, I was like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I just felt like, you know, they see us. They know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think for so many women and young girls, like they pin so much on you as the representative for all of us. Oh, that's so nice. It's true that's though. Sweet. That's really sweet. Um so you started like modeling and sort of like you were, you know, a a, a real New York City celebrity. When did you sort of start to transition into makeup, makeup artistry, having your own product line? Because that's very different than performing. Yeah. Well, that was like within – I was still doing all the other stuff, and then I started that um, in around – I mean, the, the fruition was like 2006 and then launched officially by myself in 2009. And around that time or maybe like end of 2008, I was like, oh, I should probably – do makeup if I have a makeup line. I, I often do things backwards or so, my own way. So you were like, I love makeup and I want to have makeup. Yeah. So but what went through your head? Like you were like, I'm going to make lip gloss? Like what? that just... Well, I started it with somebody in California and she already had a business and we were chatting and I was like, I want to start a lip gloss line. I've always wanted to have some kind of product or fashion or something and I just it was one of those and maybe not well thought out things because I knew nothing about the business at all I was just like I want to do this so I called her up and said do you want to start a lip gloss line with me and she said yes also not thinking very long and then we did it and there were many pitfalls and I learned so much you know um and the, the, it was crazy. I feel like everyone crazy. copied your packaging. Kinda. Oh my god, kind of, right? Yeah. Kind of, yes. right? That like black top and the little square. Like, yeah, yeah. No, it was very. It seems so normal now because all makeup looks like that. Yeah. But it was it, it was super unique and. Um, it was called Armor Beauty for those of you who right, don't her. know. Put it on your armor before you leave the house. Uh, yeah, which is all about like beauty is your armor, makeup is your armor. You know, being sort of like a child of drag, like it was always you know a big face put on your face for sure, <laughs> for sure. And um, and yeah, and it had all these natural ingredients in it, which was also like armor against the climate and the sun and all these you know. Um, and it was at the very forefront of the natural beauty boom. For sure. So um, it was fun. And I learned a ton. And then it was time to wrap it up. And I wrapped it up in 2017. But you kept on. But I started doing makeup during that time. And I kept doing that. And now I have an agent. And I've been working a lot. So. And you love it, right? Yeah, I love it. I love it. I mean, as a visual artist from the start, it sort of it all makes sense when For and, sure. and as just a you know an artist, which I know you can understand, it's like your art moves in all these different ways, and I feel like that's 
you know, it's been that way. Right. You have like a creative flow. Yeah. And, done, and you can apply it in mm-hmm. many different exactly in many different ways. That's like Brad. Brad. Yeah, what are you also, doing? no, but seriously, Brad is like an incredible yeah. like graphic designer. Yeah, I am doing a podcast he is. He does Paul. like. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Kudos to you. Best career Yay. move of your life. I know. Really. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I couldn't just drop uh, the the paint can and be like, oh, I want to play guitar in a band. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have that fluidity to me and my creative process, but um, I can fucking write a goddamn proposal like a motherfucker. Oh, that's good to know. (laughs) 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 That's awesome. So, you know, that's a, I can, I can bridge out of the, um, you know, the visual Mm -hmm. into, uh, Mm -hmm. into the written word sometimes, sometimes. Into administration. <laughs> into, yeah. yeah. Into, um, yes. Data well, you've entry. had so <laughs> much, too. I mean, geez. Ugh, we're not here to talk about me. Well, all right, but I think you're awesome. <laughs> you oh, so now you're doing makeup, and do you feel that, you know, sort of now the avant garde is the normal, and you and the movement, all of us, like in this room, sort of push that into it silently kind of into the mainstream. I never thought of it that way. But, yeah, there are times when I look at things, you know, even just like Instagram makeup artists, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's so lunatics. And it's just because, I mean, it's probably more because of RuPaul's Drag Race at this point, and, you know, my influences were, you know, Miss Guy and Lady Bunny and sure. all the, you know, Sherry Vine and Formica, all the drag queens of Head New York. Lettuce. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, and she's my favorite. <laughs> she's got the best name. Yeah, it's yeah. such a good name. Um, so I feel like it's like it's all of that. But yeah, I mean, I it's hard to see yourself that way, you know? Right. I certainly know I was like the first fully sleeved, you know, model in big campaigns as far as I know. Yeah, Maybe I'm are. wrong, but um Maybe like but, Jenny Schmuse. Jenny Shimuz, I love her. I'm yeah, she's with her. amazing. Yeah, yeah. She, you and her, okay. we're like the only like tattooed, yeah, like, like tough very. chicks, right? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at fifty to eighty percent less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Now that you're a parent... And counterculture is like mainstream, yeah, right? It's so weird. And do you find yourself sort of going back to like the old school, 
Russian strict <laughs> you practice your violin no. now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean <Rock> no. <laughs> How old is your kid? Um she just turned nine. You have one? Only one. And a daughter, you're so lucky. One and done. Squid, so one and Squid's done. got a kid or two, right? She's got two. Because I saw her like two years ago at a birthday party. And like, how old do you have kids? Yeah, I got an eight and eleven. Oh wow! And I think she had. Does she have an eight year old? She has a now eleven and a twelve. Oh, okay. Yeah, who's going on thirteen and who's in yeah, full? Yeah, that was so random, and it was upstate wow. too. So it was like, Whoa. Yeah. So I know Squid because she barbacked at Babyland yeah. for like one uh, minute. And that, and I was like, "Oh, this chicks and the lunatics. That's what's up." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, everyone's a mom and a dad. Yeah. Mom and <laughs> Not dad everyone, now. but yeah. Well, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think we have a healthy um, way of having our kid. Her name is Lucy, named after Lucille Ball. Which mm-hmm. when I went into labor, there was like oddly like a, a Lucille Ball marathon on TV. I You're don't like, know perfect, why. Perfect. And I was like, that was our name. This has got to be a girl because I didn't find out what we were having. You're crazy. Oh, it's so fun. Really? Yeah. I was like, I have I'm to like, know. Enough, yeah, yeah. I have to be able there's to like bond surprises. with it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. I have to know. Like, I, I I know. To. Most people. And then I was like, oh, I have a penis inside of my ah! like for nine months. <laughs> Well, I didn't want, like, I was afraid of of, uh, people getting me all pink or all blue shit. And so that was part of it. And then I was like, what, you know, what more of a surprise could you ask for in life than this? For sure. And then at around six months, I had a dream that there was this little girl baby in me wearing, like, this little pinafore dress. And I was like, I'm having a girl. But everybody's like, you're carrying like this. You're having a boy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't tell from behind. You're having a boy. Oh, you're all swollen at the ankles. You're having a boy. Everybody had like <laughs> fucking opinion about it. Did you do it. the hair in the ring what? thing? Oh, my God. All my girls would be like, take off your ring and pull out a hair. Oh, for God's sake. And then sake. like if it goes, I can't remember. If it goes oh, in this, a circle, oh, it's a boy. That yeah, is yeah, so yeah, yeah, stupid. Yeah. Oh, my and, God. And um, everybody kept telling me I was having a boy. And I was like, I'm totally, it's not even possible that I could have a boy. I have to be having a girl. And my husband, who wanted a boy, woke up one day and was like, I had a dream. It's a girl. I know it's a girl. It's a girl. I was like, it's definitely a girl. (laughs) And then they were like, do you want to know? And I was like, I already know. It's a girl. Go ahead and tell me. And they were like, well, do you want to know? And I was like, really? Like, yeah. I was like, what are you trying to say? And they were like, it's a boy. And I was I was in shock for like a week, I think. I would just couldn't believe that I would possibly have a son. Yeah. Do you have one or two? I have one. One and done. Yeah. <laughs> so is Lucy on the list? Of, did you have a list of names if you didn't know? We had like, two names. We had Lucy and we had Max. So you had Lucy. That was you, know that. you didn't have any other. No went, doubt. No doubt. But, but before then, you saw all these reruns of Lucy. Of Lucy? No, that was the name already. The name was already there. And then when that was so on, that, that sort of was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then once I saw her, I was like, maybe she's not a Lucy. Maybe she's a Max. And then I was like, is she going to be Maxine? I don't know. And then we went for a few days and decided on Lucy. So The baby had no name for it. It's so weird. It's so weird? weird to name a human, isn't it? It's Dude, like both weird. My kids, we, so that if you leave the hospital without... Without the name, right. it's like this it's re- huge. It's a huge thing. Deal. It's Very a huge thing. And honestly, we like 
both my kids, we had like the nurse at the door, like tapping her foot, like, okay, all right, it's time to go, guys. It? And we're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Huh? All right, it's Oscar. So what? Okay. So what <laughs> names did you have for your girl? I wanted to call both kids Strummer, girl, boy, whatever. That's okay. awesome. <laughs> That's cute. So what are their names? Strummer Barrett and Oscar. And Oscar. Mm. So we didn't. You didn't get it. Kath didn't go for Strummer. You didn't get it. It's okay. Are they both boys or is Barrett girl a girl? Or boy? Nice Barrett's a girl. Oh, that's awesome. See, I weirdly knew I had to name. Um, my kid after my grandfather because of like the Jewish family tradition. So everyone called, we all called him Poppy and I I thought if it was a girl, I was going to name her Poppy. That's so cute. It would not be so cute. Yeah. And, um, and then when it was a boy, I was like, okay, Charles. (laughs) Imagine (laughs) his name is Poppy. Oh my God. That's awesome. Well, what up, puppy? My sister took my grandpa's name and also my great aunt Goldie. She named her um, her daughter's middle name. She did. I love Goldie. Uh, Goldie's the best. This woman. I could just uh, talk about her all day. She's incredible. My grandmother had but, a best friend named Goldie. It's good. She yeah, did. Yeah, 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 See, yeah, yeah, it was such a name yeah. of that time. Yeah. Um, and then we named her my grandma Rose. We combined Rose and my husband's grandma Marie, so she's Rosemary. So cute, Lucy Rosemary. <laughs> <laughs> um, is she musical? She is musical. She does roller derby. She's wow. a little badass. She's loud as shit. Her voice is so loud that sometimes in the morning I'm like, "Can you just lower your voice?" It's just children's it's like, enthusiastic. Mm nature yeah yeah but she we just put her in um that's like right in the neighborhood um where we live uh broadway sing and dance class cute so i feel you know she's she's destined for the stage in some way if she wants right you know (laughs) well isn't it kind of a shame i mean not with you guys but a lot of emphasis is put on this for young people performing arts and stuff like that and then they kind of don't really do anything with it yeah yeah well but it's like an important transition but confidence builder i guess yeah yeah no i think like the one thing that's always irritated me and i feel like it's very american is this idea that music you don't do music and art unless you're you know you're going to go on and become a famous you know what i mean like people stop like i remember running into this guy when i was a kid, and he's like, you know, he'd probably just graduated. He's like, yeah, I don't play guitar anymore. You know, I was in a band. It didn't go anywhere. Mm. This guy was like 21. And I was like, that's not right. You know, mm-hmm. like, you should play music your whole life. You right. should do art your whole life. Yes. And it should be a major part of your education because it actually helps the other parts, like, Correct. sync together. So it's not just like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you should have it in school, but you should also be encouraged to keep doing it. So I agree. Are, do you find yourself you know I mean? still playing music? Or not you, enough. Not enough. But Definitely you, not but, enough. But you're like, come on, kids, gather around the campfire. I'm playing. <laughs> and play some duties for. <laughs> They're me. like, we're out of here. <laughs> They're like, oh, dad, why? <laughs> My child is musical, and I'm not. I, I mean, I did violin, piano lessons. I tried mm-hmm. to do singing. Like, I just, it's not, wasn't my, my strength. <laughs> Come on, you could p- pick up that violin. <laughs> I play the world's smallest violin still. <laughs> Ask my husband. <laughs> um, and he, like, has a natural propensity 
for sort of like rhythm instruments. He when one time he sat down at a, a drum kit and just went like crazy, but it was good. Maybe it was just my kid. And if I, was I like, may say so myself. But yeah. I was like, damn, like he's got something. And then also when he like just beats the piano, then he stops and then he gets all like into this thing. And mm-hmm. I'm like, he's got something with like the rhythm. Yeah, and it's the first part. Like, yeah. So I don't know. Well, okay. Yeah. So what are your YouTube professional musicians opinion on like what instrument I should start him out on? Whatever piano. he wants. Whatever he's he not wants. Yeah. With it. He's yeah. Not, he's not. He's going to switch. So let's do piano. And he definitely won't stick with it if he doesn't like it. Because he says he wants a guitar, but I feel like it's too hard. Why and not I drums? I because that's a um, lot. You live out in the house. country, <laughs> do you? Where do you live? No, no, I live. I live all the way uptown. It seems oh. like the country, but it's yeah, New York yeah, yeah. City. <laughs> it's it's you know. It's I mean, the drums sticks. is a big commitment because of all the stuff. And it's a lot, get pads, right? But it's, it's a still lot, big, right? It's a lot. It's loud and annoying. Did you see my? I have a drum kit in that living room. I think I gotta do drums. I think drums. I I really. I think drum. Yeah. I think he's like a drummer. Me and Sean will go in and play uh, together, and I play drums. We have like a side project that happens every so often, and a lot of you singers love love to be drummers, drummers, right? Singers, singers love to be drummers, and drummers love so fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's you're driving the bus either way, kind of. But there's something. (laughs) But but all drummers are crazy, right? Am I wrong? And all lead singers are crazy. Yeah. So Not, are all lead singers crazy? I didn't know that. I just knew drummers are crazy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You're like, I can't dating, talk I'm that way about myself. a drummer of that band. You're like, he is nuts. I'm both, so I guess I'm extra crazy. <laughs> no, they nullify each other. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. right, right. It's like perfect. Nice, nice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're like Phil Collins, dude. Like, <laughs> First of all, I saw a picture of Phil Collins recently with like no shirt and like a tambourine down his pants, and he was like young and he, he yeah, he was kind of bald, but he was kind of hot. I was oh, like, wow. oh shit. Well, his daughter's really pretty. Is she? Yeah, Lily Collins, real pretty. I don't know. I don't know about her. You I do know her makeup. You do her makeup. No, my friend, <laughs> uh, makeup artist, does her makeup, and so I see pictures of her on Instagram, and I'm like, she's real pretty. And then it didn't. I was like Collins, Collins, and then I had to look her up, and I was like. Oh. Oh, Phil yes. Collins. She's got clan. good brows. She's got like good bushy brows. Oh, cute! My brows are destroyed from the '90s. So, <laughs> yeah, remember <laughs> the not, remember, <laughs> no, but the '90s were punishing on brows. Oh God, it was all about like Marlena Dietrich. It was all and, about having skinny eyebrows. Yeah, and so and, like yeah, I was yeah. down to like one row of hair. Yeah, I <laughs> did too. Like and, uh, but uh, and but then it would grow back like the next day on me, and oh, I'd be like. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, look, my eyebrows are so thin. And then, then uh, two days later, you'd be like, phew. <laughs> hey, Brooke <I> Shields. <laughs> my daughter has really good brows because Sean has really good brows. And so I'm like, I, I'm going to be like really strict about don't fuck with them. I mean, I brows like. now are like, uh, it's just it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brows are back. Maybe. Yeah, brows mm-hmm. are back. They'll yeah. go away again, but yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to course. watch her. Yeah, yeah like, slow down, slow down. He'll come home one day and plucked. Oh, my God, right. I, I <laughs> remember happen. from my bat mitzvah, I decided to pluck my eyebrows the first time ever. Of course. And I plucked, like, a three-inch space between no! <laughs> like, like, a half an eyebrow at the end or something. And my mother tried to, like, draw them on because oh. I was, like, going up to sing my half Torah and, like— 
Ooh, the those pictures are scary. <laughs> oh. I also had a brown lipstick on. Nice. <laughs> With a periwinkle dress. It wasn't good. Oh it wasn't good. <laughs> you're like, see poor that baby. Picture. You're like, poor baby. <laughs> <laughs> it had a Peter Pan collar. It was very modest. Aww. Um <laughs> That was around that age. I was not bat mitzvahed, my, you know, as I said. Not, That's right. Jewish, you, they were like, get Jewish. it, get out. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I walk in there, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did cut my bangs before picture day. Way too short and way crooked for like the sixth grade pictures. So, oh, I bet that was cute though. Yeah, They're cute good. in retrospect, yeah. you know? So who would you say is sort of your... Um, they don't, it doesn't have to be like a mentor. You're sort of like your idol, like someone you grew up, uh, thinking about wanting to be like, uh, is there someone? I mean, there are many, but I mean, I immediately think of Debbie Harry. I just, you know, she's so New York and she, you know, I discovered her at like in like fourth grade or fifth grade. Right. and what you know, I spent so many hours staring at those album covers. And she was the most gorgeous. Oh, yeah, she looked like a fucking cat. Like, oh my god, she's crazy. like it's like ins- it's well, she was just so fucking cool. And she was so, so cool. fucking cool, <laughs> and, and so and still and so talented, cool. and yeah. like yeah. So she's definitely like always sort of been there as a you know whether I've thought about it directly or not. She's always been there. Um, and then there's like. I mean, I had this, like, life-changing moment seeing Frightwig, which is a band in the 80s of all women, three women, mm-hmm. from California. And I saw them when I was probably, like, 15 and was, like, dumbstruck. And and it was, like, two of them were wearing these, like, and, and this is what I remember. Who knows if it's true. It felt like they were wearing, like, these, like, witch costumes with, like, veils over their heads. Like, it was like an Edward Gorey drawing, like, an umbrella with a veil, you know. One of them was pregnant. Then there was this, like, giant Amazon one on drums who looked like a big Barbie doll in, like, jeans and T-shirt and then, like, came out. And then they would switch instruments. Shut up. And I was just like, <laughs> what is happening? You know, that was sort of one of the, the like, life-changing, like, I think about, like, do you remember in Taxi when there's an episode where Jim takes his first like pot brownie bite and then like gets the face? That's what that was like for me. That was like I have to do this, you know. Right. And I didn't know when or how or what, but it was like it was I was blown away. And um and I had their album but like they were, you know, fairly no, not that many people know about Frightwig. No, I don't know. Yeah, about exactly. I'm like I got to look that up. No, I don't know. If- and we, Pete and I wrote a song called Frightwig years ago. See? Like a goofy song. Yeah, you got to check them out. Uh-huh. There's a song about a bad date that I was like obsessed with. It sounds like this guy was like trying to get her drunk and then she was like, fuck you. You know, and I was like, wow. So, um, yeah, I don't even remember your question, but yeah. It was, de- we idols. were talking about your idols. Your Frightwig idols. were definitely right, right. like so a Frightwig and Debbie Harry, that's it. <laughs> Into, I mean, that's no, good enough. But, <laughs> good enough, right? And John Waters, like every character in those movies, you know, like that was a huge influence, I think, on the whole band and me for sure. Huh. Lo- knowing like and finding the subcultures and knowing like you can live outside of what is the quote unquote norm and that there's this world that is open and free and crazy and Except- funny and, and accepting. And, accepting. Right. and that's like when Squeezebox, the party, happened in the 94, we figured out, I think. Yeah. Um, that was you like— were there. You were there every second. We were second. one of the first bands to play. That's right. 
We were the very there. first. You were? Yes, we played opening night, and it was like that place was, it was like at Don the Hills, haven. Right? Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, yeah, I remember that party. And that was that was like that, that was the was, best party. That was it. it. Really was. I, I was literally there every Friday that yeah. I wasn't on the road. Yep. I worked there. I sang there. I go go danced. I whatever I could do, I was doing whenever I was home. Right. You it was know. So. It was I mean, wild. It was, it was, it was wild. a party, but it was like and it was gay and can it was come. straight and it was rock and roll and it was drag. It was like everybody was welcome. It was a safe space for whatever you gender well, you decided you were that day. It's interesting because a lot of the gay parties were not very welcoming to women. Yeah, that or I remember, roll. right. No, you're right. And um, squeeze box and then later like green door and mm-hmm. stuff like that it was just like you're everybody's welcome yep misfits you know yeah, it was like on fire come on in like <laughs> every everybody's down you know yep. what I mean if you're cool like if you're like a dweeb you're not getting in <laughs> basically you have to be cool that you can be of any gender and any sexual preference yeah like and, and so many like you know like people in fashion came there was like you could turn around Mark Jacobs was there or Anna Sui or like Pete Burns would come and Boy George and you know it was just like uh, Drew Barrymore Courtney, you know, all mm-hmm. these people would just show up. You turn around at any night and be like, "Oh, there's, you know, yeah, whoever." The list was- yeah, crazy. Well, don't you find also like Courtney and Kim Gordon? They like stole all of our swag <laughs> from. I, I mean, they did. They stole like Kim- the New York. Badass girls. I mean, she's OJ, and I give her props, but she definitely like came into No Tell Motel and was like, "Oh, this is how you're dressing," like, and like swagger jacked the whole. I think that happens all the time with music and with the the you know the um, the designers that came in during that time too. You'd be wearing something, and then you'd see it on the runway. For sure. <laughs> like, next week. Right. Like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So. And how does one who is a unique creative force kind of keep their fucking swag, their look, their um, aura about them without... And, I mean, fashion is the fucking worst. They are a bunch <laughs> of vultures. <laughs> mm-hmm. They don't give a shit. It's all about copying, and especially now mm-hmm. with fast fashion, right? Like, it's just, oh, that's hot. Like, let's make it times a million. Like, um, how does one keep their flavor? When everybody else is wearing it? When everybody else is trying to take a lick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? For real, though. Well, what I think, um, you keep moving forward and right. doing other things, and then you hold on to the stuff that you're like, that's going to be over in a minute, but then in two years, I'm going to have it again. Right, you and know, this I'll is be my wearing shit. That. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And, but there were, there were things that, that it was tough to be like, I just fucking wore that, and now it's on so-and-so, you know, whether it was another singer I mean, Anna Sui was the worst. She was the worst. The worst. Who? Anna Sui. Oh, right. Oh, she would just like, she's like, I, where, where did you get that? Can I buy that from you? Like, and I, no. She's <laughs> hard for her. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, they got to get it from somewhere. I mean, yeah, she like ripped, talk about a gotha, ripping off a gotha. I mean, just. I'm sure a gotha was ripped off like 9,000 times for by sure. so many people. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
for sure. But, um, but that's a good example of like, you know, she's a craftsman, so you can't. Right, you can't mass produce them. Yeah, you can't. Right. You gotta like sit that, there and fucking like, like whip she's stitch. safe. She's definitely safe. And you can tell when something's authentic and when it's not, when it's forced. You know, when like, you, it's so weird. Like, I don't know who's selling all the metal shirts, but like, I see chicks on it's the train. It's like, 21. That's what it is? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, so it's like, a Megadeth shirt? Like, you don't know who that is. So <laughs> you what know? happens like, is. And Uniglo does too, right? Right, right. So oh, these big okay. record companies. Who have License all the li- right? So like Universal mu- Music yeah. Group, they'll be like, okay, you want like Megadeth and yeah. Led Zeppelin and Rolling Stones, tongue, mm-hmm. you got it. And then these retailers go ham, and the kids, you know, like it. They've seen it. They're sort of like something about it, and they wear it, and they know nothing about yeah, it. Yeah. You know, it's fascinating. Yeah. Oh, fashion. Mm. <laughs> sweet, sweet fashion. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Now you have um, a tween. Mm-hmm. Is that what she is now? She oh says, right, she's a tween, and she'll and she'll be a teenager soon. Mm-hmm. Um, you're doing makeup, and you're sort of at home more. Would you like to go back on tour? Like, is that a possibility, or is that something, like, you're not interested in? I'm interested in playing music. I'm not really interested in going on tour, but I could eat those words, so I don't know. Right, because how can you really—like, it's still—I mean, we know that with the internet now that you can be viewed by millions and millions of people where you couldn't before you had to go on tour to get your name out there. And people are sitting and waiting for somebody to come to their damn town Mm -hmm. and sing. I know. Isn't it crazy how we used to like, you know, the village voice and like zines and all the ways that we would find out, but we found out. Yeah. Record stores. And now that we have all these resources, I can't figure out. I know. I'm like, like, where are you? I'm like, what? You guys played last night? (laughs) 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 It's true. It's too much. Yeah, but um, but maybe your uh, your white stripes duo is that just for fun? Oh yeah, we, we're called Arnold with like three A's. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that is, that's cute. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I mean, I I want to be around to see Lucy in her world and growing and, up and help and guide. Her. Yeah, I do, and that's like I mean, even with doing makeup, like I don't. At this point in time, I don't want to do like films because I don't want to be away like, for three months and that right, kind of right, thing. Right. So. I want to be around. I'm interested in in performing. You know, that's coming back. But going on, like, you know, some hardcore van tour, no, absolutely not interested. <laughs> no, thank you. Me too. I'm not going. I love that. my van. I'm not coming with you. I'm not, I'm not doing your backdrop. Come on, Clay. Mike, get some fashion <clears throat> tips. I can, barely, like, I can literally, I can barely, like, stand through a whole band now, yeah. let alone, like, an opening band. It's like, if I show up to a show and I'm, like, the opening band still on, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Like, God, why didn't I get her 10 minutes later, you know? I have been going on tour since 1987. (laughs) Hurry the fuck up. Plus, I like, you know, it's, you know, getting up in the morning. Like, that was never a thing until being a a parent. Yeah, it's like, and, and, you know, now I wake up early with her every day. It's normal. Then it was the opposite time. Who was I talking to, like Raza or somebody? And I was like, you know, Kath and I used to, we used to have dinner to the Daily Show. Yes. And I'm like, now I can't see it. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> too late. Yes. I know. We would have dinner at the Daily Show and then go out, mm-hmm. you know? like Yeah. You and now I can't even see the fucking show. 
Yeah. <laughs> Unless I like in demand it. Yeah. But I isn't do. it the worst though? Like on Sunday morning when you're like, uh, you wake up at six thirty and you can't go back to yeah. sleep, yeah. and you're yeah. like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? I uh, dude, I just fake it. I lay there. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. I can't sleep. And, and then like bed. tears running down your <laughs> yeah. eyes, and you're like, just let me sleep. Just, just for bed. like just another hour. That's all. That's all I want. Seven thirty, not six. I'm gonna pretend I'm terribly hungover. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, parenthood, it's crazy. It is crazy. And just imagine, like, possibly, it could be a miracle. In 10 years, they could leave. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. You're like, but have fun at college. I love oh you. Oh, my God. So weird. I know. It's weird. Um, so where do we find out up to the minute Internet, World Wide Web access <laughs> to Theo Kogan and all of your projects. Um, well, I also have this other project that's coming up, which is called Persisticon. And this was started by um, a group of us in Park Slope, mostly women, who once 45 was in office, were like, what the fuck are we going to do? We can't just sit here and watch this happen. So we started this night of comedy and music and fun at the Bell House. That sounds that we've fun. Done, this is now the fourth one coming up November 3rd. And um, it's we've the three we've done so far, all proceeds have gone to Emily's List, which uh, okay. helps to get women in office, you know, progressive Democratic women. Um, and this one we're, we're splitting between She the People and the Supermajority, which is um, a group of Cecil Richards from Planned Parenthood and um, this a chunk of other women, including um, Black Lives Matters and Let's all this stuff. Let's give you a hand so, right now. Thank you, thank you. You know, um, and so we're putting that together. I think tickets are about to go on sale, but it's going to be great. Tell me more about <laughs> about this and how did this happen? Um, so I had like wanted, you know, wanted to sort of make a party that's early (laughs) 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 that was maybe going to be a dance party, you know, and then make it as some sort of a benefit. And then I was talking to my friend Diana, who has the store Diana Kane, which is around the corner from my house, basically, in Park Slope. She started making the feminist gold shirts that are, you know, written in gold, Uh and they made their way to Samantha Bee, and all these celebrities have worn them, and it's like a thing. And and so we were talking, and then she was like, oh, you have to meet my friend Lynn. And Lynn Harris start, has this thing called um, Comedy Gold or Gold Comedy. I'll have to look that up. And she uh, teaches young people comedy and knows all these comedians and, you know, did comedy herself. And then I was like, you have to meet my friend Leslie. And Leslie knows all these comedians and actors and is this amazing activist, um, particularly on Black Lives Matter and um, – she has worked with uh, the Trayvon Martin Foundation a lot, and she's done, like, marathons for them, and she's amazing. And so that's – it sort of started to grow. It was very, like, and you tell two friends, and you tell two friends, right. you know. And then suddenly it was this group of us, like, we want to raise money for the greater good of women getting in office because we feel that that's a very important, especially right now. So that's sort of, you know um, – and women who don't you find though that there is it's so difficult to be a woman in politics mm-hmm. 
it's so dangerous. The hate and just just for being a woman with like a voice. Um, I mean, that's in general. In I mean, anybody, yeah, any woman who's gonna sure. talk out loud, uh, you know, for sure, is gonna get tons of shit, especially right now. And how can we get women to support women? That's the real question. Well, it's starting to happen finally. I feel it's like, happening. You know, like it's so slow. It's, it's so it's slow. Infuriating that this it's country so is so fucking sexist. slow. <laughs> it's crazy, and 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 that sexism is being waged against. Women by women, like it's yeah, in, yeah, literally insane. That's like you know, um, I feel like you know, being in a in a boys' club, sometimes you get more props than you know, being like being that woman in with all right. these other. Then when you're with a group of women, because for, you're threatening, yeah. But I maybe it, societally we're raised to sort of be in competition with other women and it's just got to stop. Yeah, know? well that's like I mean more women ran this last election, you know, than Correct. almost ever and and I think the more that we can sort of get out there doing good, the better. And um so that's sort of the goal of it is to, you know, vote feminist. So you know? do you feel like we're gonna we're getting close to getting a, a woman president. I have no idea. I would hope so, but I I don't I don't know. Things are so fucked right now. It's like I can I can't How look can at that. Elizabeth thing. Warren say she was fucking Native American. Like why would she fuck herself up like that? And just like she was looking so good, and then they just she just shit on herself. I miss that. I totally miss that. It's, when did that happen? It's just made her like completely like untrustworthy you know i totally I, there's a lot that i try not if i start i, I was like oh really yeah Elizabeth warren like she's like she's, when did she say when did it that was happen so long ago and it was so minor. oh, well, oh was it so like long ago oh i thought it was fairly recently and she's like i being a native american it was woman. not during anything to do with a campaign Okay. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you can't – you literally can't say anything without being completely scrutinized, even if it's – If you're well, a, Demo- if right. you're a Democrat. If you're a Democrat. Let's get that fucking straight. Thank you. Right. <laughs> no, it's, true. it's the, the Unless culture you're on the other side. is so horrible that people are just waiting in the bushes ready to, like, attack you. Yeah. And I don't get it. Um. The internet has given a voice to all of these uh, people, and then the media actually picks it up like it's noteworthy or something um, that needs to be viewed by the public. It's just crazy. Well, that's what I feel like also during this time, like all, you know, all the people who are on the same side, you know, like Democrats, let's say, or people who are against Trump. Or, and the whole that whole scene. I mean, fuck have been pitted fuck against yeah, each other. Like, I, yeah, right. but like our our side is it. There are all these like petty arguments and like, oh, you're not PC enough, and oh, you're not this, and it's like yeah. you cannot open your mouth, and it's like we're all on the same side. Yeah. Just band together. To what band is together. the problem? It's like cr- it's crazy. We're not perfect. Humans aren't perfect. You're going to say something stupid. I probably said a lot of dumb things in this podcast, but. We're on the same side fighting for the same thing, right? So so the point of Persisticon is to bring people together, 
Maybe there are little differences in, like, you know, what they believe. But come laugh, have a drink, give to what's going to make things better, and, and, and enjoy yourself and feel hopeful and feel, you know, like there's, you know, things can get better. That's nice. a big reason for it. Positive you know? message. It's like. very positive and it's I, really fucking fun too. I've like laughed till I'm like crying. You know, really? These, yeah, we've had some really amazing. And um, you can comedians. wake up the next morning. I got to. And you, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. done by like ten. Do you have another one lined up yet? Yeah, yeah November third. November third. Oh, we're there. We're there. Right. I'm there. Persis to Con Four Ride the Blue Wave, and it's um at the Bell House in Brooklyn. Amazing. It will sell out. So get your tickets. Get your you tickets quick, kids. Yeah. Um. Well, thank you so much for joining thank us, you. and thank you for doing the good work. Thank you. Thank you for yeah, like fucking to. putting women on the map. <laughs> and no, for real though, I really, I kudos to you. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> That was good. That was productive. That was informative. That's everything you want in a podcast. Really? We did a good job? Yeah. Do you think she'll come back next week? (laughs) (laughs) Theo, week two. Wow, man. It's fucking hard to be in a band and, like, have a normal life. I mean, you know more more than me. Well, that's why you do it while you're young. I mean, you don't want a normal life, you know? Yeah. The, I mean... It is hard, though. And even even when you're 23, 25, like, some people just can't hang with it. It's hilarious, you know? People that... There's people that love to tour and people that hate to tour. Right. And people that, like, need to write alone in their room and people can do it all in a room together. I mean, it's just... It's, it's a shame, though. That you weren't a singer. <laughs> a bass player. It, it is a shame. It's a real you shame. You know, I convinced my uncle to buy me a bass for my bat mitzvah. I like that as my, like, my, and I would just kind of stand in front of the mirror and, like, want to be, like, Chrissy Hind or something. Fuck, man. You could have been the Goop's bass player. What happened? I just you should have stuck li- with it. I My fingers couldn't even, like, pull the strings. I couldn't press down hard enough. But I had, like, moves. Ooh. I had, like... <laughs> <laughs> like yeah you're like my daughter she wants to be a rock star but she doesn't want to press down on the strings man. it hurts yes of course it hurts it hurts i think you Any... know i couldn't blow into a flute like i my mouth couldn't it's not what I heard. well you know <laughs> skin flute's a different <laughs> instrument okay <laughs> and uh you know i never want to play that anymore me neither i put that down you know um but i i no i realized later in my life like percussive like i can make like like different sort of beats during make beats on the npc no on the table on the table on my (laughs) leg and um you know i i should have pursued the bass yeah because it is, it is most, it is about rhythm, right? It's real. like that under that yeah. underlayer. Um, but I recently found that bass, saying to myself, like, oh, but it's really, it, but it's like a weird child's bass. It's oh, it's so, a three quarter. It's, it's, it's small. Little, like this. It's little. Yeah, I was like, but it, I, like, there's some nice basses like that, dude. You still got it? Yeah. yeah what kind of it? it? Do you know? You it? No, no, she no, get no. Charlie on it. Yeah. No, he wants to play guitar. So yeah, for sure. He can. He can. He can. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
All right, well, you know. we'll come over. We'll start a band. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So, but what I also found so interesting is that Theo sort of, and, and the Lunatics and her other bands, they have sort of created the experience of like all of these, you know, of this movement, you know, like the 90s rock movement. Oh, yeah. You know, and sort of didn't get their day. But the innovators never do. That's the thing. Right. They're just, they're just too ahead. You know, people, people need to just. Uh, they're definitely innovators in look, in style. Oh, yeah. They fit. They would fit right in in Bushwick 2015. I mean, and, and the sound as well, right? It's still sort of like the classic. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely bands of sound that do have that, that that are going for that sound. Right. The Lunatic Chicks, L7 sound, like. Yeah, just really, like, hard and, like. They were good at it, they man. Were, they were good. Um, but it's great to see she's doing lots and lots of stuff. And Smart enough to branch out. Branch out. Branch and, out or die. <laughs> right? Like, um, evolve or dissolve. Exactly. <laughs> Whoa. I know. Oh, first did you of all, I, that? I did. No, I just I copied that from somebody. From somebody who copied it from somebody else. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you want to keep abreast of what Theo Kogan is up to, she is all over the gram, yo. Theo Kogan and the Lunachicks are going on tour. You can catch up with all of what's going on with them on the Instagrams, too, at Lunachicks Official. And I believe they're going to do some shows in twenty in 2020. And we will have to be there. Oh, yeah. In the, in the, mo- in the mosh pit. Woo! Party. Where we belong, Brad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get back in there. <laughs> Stay the fuck away from my knee, everybody. Just, ba- <laughs> just bash me on the other side. Oh, my God. And you can keep up with Brad. Nowhere. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, Brad. Soundwag. Instagram. Are you posting? Uh, yeah, I will be. Yeah. I hadn't had, the Soundwag's kind of quiet, but what's I, where? My where Instagram. Could... Instagram is uh, there's a Soundwag Instagram. Anybody who might care might want to take a look at the going off track Instagram or Twitter. There might be some news there. Ah, going off track. Well, tell us about going off track. We'll talk about that more later. Really? Okay. I'm at Claw Money. Claw (laughs) Money all over. You can find me anywhere. Claw Co. Shout out to Bubbles. That awesome music. Awesome. That you hear. Our our track. Both both songs by Bubbles. Both songs by Bubbles. And um, occasionally Bubbles does a show in the basement of Max Fish. Very occasionally. And it is good. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's definitely worth being there. It is. It is. uh, You have it. It cannot be captured on on video. You must be in Shout immersive. out to Max Fish. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to Max Fish and all of our people Better. over there. Better yes. <laughs> Those are, that's that's fams, yo. Oh yeah, for real. Um, 
And uh, shout out to all of our listeners. I hope you're going to Patreon. We don't have an official Instagram, so follow Claw and Co. or Claw Money. And we will see you in two weeks. 